Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone, and thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and I'm grateful to the Lord to be able to come before you and share uh, with you what God has laid on my heart to share today. Um, so today we're going to jump right into it, and we have a few scriptures to go over, but it's something that I believe that the Lord really, really wanted to touch on, and uh First, I thought, well, I could just preach this during the regular fellowship time, uh, but the Lord let me know to do it today, and so that's what we're going to do. And so today, we're going to talk about the God of self. And uh, as many of you can see, as if you were, if you logged into YouTube or to Periscope, you see that title there, uh, the God of self. And we're going to talk about that and exactly uh, what that is. And, and why it, what's wrong with it. And so when you're talking about the God of self, and the Lord told me the name is that, uh, because that's what it is when, you know, selfishness. We have so many people in the body of Christ that is selfish, and selfish is never good. You see that? It's never good. And so the Lord had me to name it that, the God of self, because that's when, when people are selfish. And I mean... It, you, you know, it, it's a poison, and they need to realize what's going on, that they basically have made a God out of themselves. And so we're going to go over a few things, uh, some scriptures uh, to help bring it out a little bit uh, more about about uh, selfishness. Usually a selfish person is not a people person, and uh, that's one of the things the Lord gave me this morning. They, they're not a people a people's person, uh, and it, you know, it's not because that's just part of their personality. Now, we have to understand that. You see, they're usually not a people's person, and usually the only time they really like being around people is when they perceive that the people that they are around are more broken than they are. Now, they, of course, that's not the forethought of their mind. That's not on the forefront of their mind, but that's what it is. It's these people, they they uh, are not people's person. They'd rather be off to themselves and not saying that that within itself is wrong, okay? But when they do, when they are around people, it's because they, they it makes themselves feel good when they are around people that are broken more, that they perceive, I should put it that way, are more broken than them. And so what that does is that opens the door for feeling needed. And they they get this misconception that they're not selfish because they're helping people around them. But let me make this clear. You can do unselfish things because you're selfish. Let me say that again. You can do unselfish things. You you can, you know, give. You can give of your time, of yourself, your finances, whatever. You can do unselfish things because you're selfish. In other words, if my reason for helping you is to make myself feel better about me, then it's wrong. I'm I'm still selfish. The motive is wrong. 
And so they don't mind being around people who they deem are worse than them, even though that's an ugly thought and it might not ever cross their mind in the forefront of their mind. That's what's really going on there. They they like being around people that are that they feel are more broken because they feel like if a person is broken, them and you know, and in other words, those those people need me. So they're not really doing it for ministry's sake. They're doing it because I'm broken, but I feel better when other people uh, people are around me that I'm helping. They're more broken than I am. You see that that's their that's their elixir. That's their medicine for their own issues. You see that, and so they love being around people who they need, which is that's the you know really at the core is even of the Jezebel spirit. It it likes gathering people like a mother hen. You see that, and I've run into that spirit uh, firsthand. Some of you've heard me talk about it, and why? Because they themselves are broken. So what what is wrong with that? At the core of a person having to feel needed. Now we're not talking about the healthy part of it, where you know everybody want to be needed by their spouse and things like that. We're talking about folks that's above and beyond that. You see that. Because the focus is on them. Now, I don't believe that anybody in this world need me. I believe they need the Lord. And it just so happened that I'm a servant of the Lord, and so I'm in the Lord's service. But it's not that they need me. It's just like if you go to a fast food restaurant, um, you may go there because you're hungry and you need to eat. You need food. And so it, it, it would be wrong for the server, you know, the person that's working there, to think that you're there because you need them. And so but what happens is this person, the, the God of self, it wants to feel like it's needed, or that person wants to feel needed. Why? Because being needed is a form of worship in their mind. In actuality, what's taking place is the person feels like somebody's looking up to them, and which is really a form of worship. You see that? And so now let me make this clear, you know, I'm talking to some people. This ain't just, you know how it is now. If the Lord is talking, if the Lord have me to speak a message, it's because it's for people. Now, I pray that you get it. Don't. Um, this is not, we don't, this ministry and the way the Lord uses me, it is not just, oh, I preach a message and then one day, you know, somebody, it'll be a good message and somebody will need to hear it or whatever. No, when the Lord speaks, it's right now, it's for somebody that's listening in, and, you know, it's for somebody that's listening, somebody that's watching. That God of self is, is, is dangerous, and you need to know that, that, that that's what you're dealing with is the God of self, your own selfishness, to the point where you, everything that you do is filtered through self. And if it don't have anything to do with you, you don't want to have anything to do with it. You're going to have to benefit some kind of way for 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 you to be a part of it. And that's not God's will. The God of self is dangerous. It's a hell-bound spirit. You see that? My prayer is that you'll get it, you see. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the first chapter of 1 Samuel. First chapter of 1 Samuel. So I'm reading in verse 1. It says, Now there was a certain man, a Ramathian, Zophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham. 
the son of Elihu, the son of Toad, the son of Zeus, the son of Aphrodite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. So let, let's see that now. Let's get that. That this man, he had two wives. One of them had sons and daughters, several children, and the other one didn't. The Bible, but the Bible makes it clear, you know, and it makes a distinction. Elkanah loved Hannah. It didn't say that he loved Peninnah. Not saying that he didn't, but the Bible makes it clear. You know, basically what it says, what it's saying here is that she was um, the one that he was the closest to in his heart. She was the one that had his heart, okay? But look at verse 5. It says, but Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Uh, we have to make that clear. We're going to bring this point out that God himself has shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked, provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did, so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. It's talking about Peninnah. She was, she was provoking Hannah, and Hannah was weeping. Verse 8, and then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not, and why is thou heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So you have a situation where you have two women, two wives. They have the same husband. One of the wives have several children by this husband, and, and this particular wife, Hannah, she doesn't have any. And she feels provoked. Now, I think that word provoke is very important. Why? Because you can't be provoked with what's not on the inside of you. So why is it? So you see her husband, Elkanah, asks her, why are you weeping? Why are you not eating? Am, am I not better to you than ten sons? In other words, what's more important, me or you having children for me? In other words, you notice he didn't get on Peninnah and say, could you please, you know, try not to play so much with your children, you know, in front of her. Don't, you know, don't read to them at night. It, it really upsets, you know, Hannah when you do that. Don't play with them in front of her. Whatever you do, you know, don't do it in front of Hannah because she's got these issues where she just, she's having a hard time because she don't have any children. So if you would, could you just adjust that? Just act like you're not having fun in front of her with your own children. You know what Hannah could have been doing? They're wives. They're living in the same house. She could have took on the mindset of, you know what, I don't have any children, but Penina has more than one. Maybe she needs some help. I could help her and raise these children like they're my own. But see, the God of self don't want to do that. Because the God of self is just that. It's selfish. It looks across the street 
and see what other people got, and instead of rejoicing with other people, it gets mad about it. So the Bible makes it clear that God himself has shut up her womb. He, of course, you all know the rest of the story. We won't get too much in detail on that. But why did God shut up her womb if it was his will that she have Samuel? And not only Samuel prophet, and of course we know later on she had more children, but why would God shut up her womb? You know why? Because in God's eyes, and you think about it, some of you, God has spoken to you about something that you know is his will. So why did God shut up her womb instead of giving her what was already his will? Why? Because in God, with God, having the right thing for the wrong reasons is dangerous. In other words, something can be God's will, but because your mind is warped about it, because you have a lust for it, in other words, an inordinate affection or an unhealthy longing for it, that makes it dangerous. And you know whether or not the thing that you're wanting is unhealthy because you tend to put everything else on the back burner. You, you tend you can't rejoice with other people when they have the experience or when they have what it is that you want. In fact, on the inside of you, deep on the inside of you, you can't even stand to be around people very long that have what you desire. And because of that, it makes it wrong. Because of that, you see that, even if it is God's will, he won't grant it until your mindset about it is the way that his is. In other words, when Hannah got on her face before the Lord a little later, and she prayed to God, and she prayed to prayer, Lord, if you will give me a son, I'll give him back to you. What does that mean? Now my mindset is right about it. Now I'm taking self out of the way. I've gotten over the fact that Penina has several children, has several sons and daughters, and she's playing with them. I'm not worried about that anymore. Give me a son and I'll give him back to you. Why? Because if she, if God had granted her her request, or if God had granted her heart's desire, before she came up with that mindset, she never would have gave Samuel back to God. Samuel would have been her little project. She would have been dressing him up and playing baby doll with him, you know, the thing that the things that women do when their their affection is not set in the right place. I, I've seen women have sons and then don't know how to treat their husbands. Their, the sons become their husbands. You see, so, of course, that's not God's will. And God don't want to bless you with something. If you've made a God out of self, then when if you have a desire, then you tend to make a God out of that desire as well. You become obsessed with it. And that's not that's not God's will. You see that? That's not God's will. And so we have people who, even in this ministry, want to be married, but can't. And I'm now I'll just tell you just straight up. Don't like being around married people that are happily married, you see that, because of the God of self. I don't mind you being around as long as I think something is up with your marriage or something is wrong and maybe I can help you. But I got a problem with you when I see the happiness there and that's what I desire. There's something wrong, absolutely wrong with that. And God does not intend for people to curtail 
their marriage or curtail their situation to please you. You have to learn to rejoice when people are rejoicing. Be happy for other people. But, you know, it's impossible for a selfish person to be happy for other people when they themselves aren't happy. You see that? It's impossible for them to feel for other people. That's a dangerous, and I'm going to tell you, it's so dangerous, that's what got Satan caught up. The God of self, he made a self, he made a God out of himself and thought that he was higher than God and tried to raise his throne higher than God. He got to pay attention too much to himself. And because of that, he got out of place with God and, and God cast him down. You see that? And the same thing happens to us. We get out of place with God when we've made a God out of self. Everything we do is selfish. We can't get up and, and praise the Lord uh, unless we're going to get accolades, you see. We can't get up and preach unless somebody's going to pat us on the back. And then when we don't get that pat, we feel bad about it. The, the whole, this whole world is geared around people making God out of themselves. That's the whole purpose of the selfie. Even, you see, there was this craze going on, and I imagine people still do that. They they see a homeless man outside of a restaurant, and they, they bring the homeless man inside and sit the homeless man down, buy him a meal for 10 or $20, and talk with him about his, you know, himself. And and from there, they, they take a selfie picture and then a picture with the homeless person and put under it what all they've done for him and, put it on social media, and everybody's praising them, you know, and all of that. Well, the Bible says you have your reward when you do things like that. So the question is, did you buy the homeless man a meal because he was hungry or because you were hungry for attention? You needed that pat on the back. You see that? Now, we grow up needing an affirmation, uh, we want to know that we're appreciated. We want to know that we're loved. But I'm going to tell you, as a believer and as a Christian, we have to get to the point where God's love is enough for us. You think about what, what Elkanah said to Hannah. Am I not better than ten sons? In other words, is God is God's pat on the back to you? Is that not better than you getting a pat on the back from people? You see that? That's God's will. All right, so let's go real quick to the um, we'll go real quick to the book of uh, Romans, the twelfth chapter of the book of Romans. And we're gonna start reading at verse nine. Verse nine says, Let love be without dissimulation, in other words, without hypocrisy, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. So why, why is it saying that let love be without hypocrisy or without dissimulation? Because when people have made a God out of self and they're so self-focused, then the only people that they tend to have a liking for or a love for are the people that's benefiting them some kind of way. You see that? Verse 10, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. So in other words, if Hannah's mind had been in the right place in the beginning, she would have been, her thought process would have been, you know what, Sanana, I'm glad the Lord is blessing you with children. And she would have thought of those children as her own. They were grown up in the same household. She would have been grateful to God for 
Panetta. She'd have been happy. She wouldn't have had time to be provoked. And the reason why some of God's people today are provoked is because their mind is in the wrong place. They're, they're paying too much attention to self. And that's the reason why the devil is able to beat up on you about certain things. That's not God's will, you see that. If her mind had been in the right place, she'd have been rejoicing every time Penina gave birth. She'd have thought of those children as her own. She wouldn't have been off in the corner somewhere weeping and feeling sorry for herself, you see that. And so this Bible tells us that we are to prefer one another. Now, let me explain what that means. That means if the situation comes, where there had to be a choice made. So in other words, you got two women, and, and it has to be chosen that one of them is going to have children and the other one is not, then you're going to choose for that other person to have it. In other words, you're going to prefer that person before you. Why? Because you love them as you love yourself. You see that? And so, but if it comes down to it and it just absolutely had to be a choice, you say, Lord, bless that person. Bless them. You see that? You know what happens? We want to be blessed by God. We want the things that God has blessed other people with. But we want it for the wrong reason. And then we get mad and upset and we get bothered, in other words, provoked, when we're around people that have what we want. And that's God screaming to you, telling you, hey, if you're that way, then that's the reason why I haven't blessed you yet with that. Many people, many women want husbands, and part of and, and you want them for the wrong reason. You want a husband because you feel like everybody else got a husband. Well, let me tell you something. Having a husband because everybody else got one, that, that, that won't keep you mad. I can promise you that. If, if you're selfish, you're not just going to be selfish to the point of, oh, I want my own husband just like everybody else has theirs. When you get married, you're going to be selfish in that marriage. Same thing with men. You'll be selfish. You'll destroy that marriage with your own selfishness. You see that? Because it don't, it don't stop after you get married. That selfishness, it continues on. You're too self-absorbed to even have a husband or have a wife. And that's what God is warning you for today. All right? So it says, be kindly, affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience, in tribulation, continuing, instant in prayer, in other words, diligently in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. When somebody is, is dealing with the God of self, in other words, the spirit of selfishness, they can't rejoice with people that do rejoice. They can't weep with people that do weep. It, it's not only inside of them to do that. They're self-focused. And in fact, they will begin to find excuses of why they shouldn't rejoice when other people rejoice, why they shouldn't weep when other people weep. You see that the God of self doesn't have love. It only it loves self first, in other words. And so everything else is a distant second. 
Everything else is a distant second. And like I said, even don't let the devil fool you into thinking that because you are you do unselfish acts that that make that means that you're not selfish. You see that? That's the trick of the devil. You you can just like the thirteenth chapter of first Corinthians says, you can give your body to be burned for somebody else. In other words, you can give your life for somebody and still be selfish. Why? Because you were doing it for self. So let, let's let's go deeper than that. Let's go beyond that. You see that? It, it doesn't matter. And, and you'll know whether it's selfish because it won't be consistent. You see that? In every situation, if God tells you to do something, you got to talk yourself into doing it. If God tells you to do something for someone else, you got to figure out reasons in your mind of how it's going to benefit you. Your mind is going to always trail down that road of how it's going to benefit you. Instead of saying, you know what, I, I love people, so I love doing for people. No, it's gonna, your mind is going to trail off. Well, what, how is this going to make me look? You, you're going to tell it some kind of way. You see that? It's going to get out some kind of way. You see that? All right, so verse 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. How are you going to do that? Being of the same mind. One toward another. Everybody see that? In other words, you, you, your mind is where other people's minds are. If they're happy, you're happy. If they're sad, you're sad. Why? Because love connects you to people. But when you're selfish and you're dealing with that spirit of selfishness, you, you can't. It disconnects you from the feelings of others. Somebody's mama can die. Somebody's daddy can die and you have absolutely no feeling towards it whatsoever. Not your mama, not your daddy. You can just go on with life. doesn't bother you one bit. Something bad happens to somebody, instead of you weeping with them and feeling for them, you're going to find reasons of why it should have happened. Well, you know, they had just did this or did that. The God of self. And then when things start happening to you, you want everybody to jump on the bandwagon with you. You want everybody to weep with you. You want everybody to rejoice with you when you're rejoicing. Let me make this clear, and I'm talking especially to some of you women. That's what makes you catty, what the world calls catty. You see that? Especially some of you, you, you women. I'm talking about in this ministry. I'm talking about women that sit less than several feet from me every week when, when the Lord is speaking. You want a husband for the wrong reasons. You you can't stand seeing somebody else with something that you don't have. And you tend to withdraw when the devil plays on your mind about what you don't have. You know who Hannah's real adversary was? It was herself. Why? Because when you make a God out of self, then self becomes your worst enemy. <clears throat> and God wants you to understand that. <clears throat> he wants you to see that if you're going to follow him, you're going to have to get self out of the way so that you can actually experience love. A man, I'm telling you as a man, a man knows, I'm talking to you ladies, that are especially that are part of this ministry and whoever else the Holy Spirit is talking to out there and 
you know, in, in internet world, whatever. A man can pick up when a woman is selfish, and he ain't got to have the gift of discernment. He ain't got to have any kind of gift. Just be born. A man can pick up when a woman is selfish and when she's all about herself. And that is a big turnoff. The, the type of man that you need in your life, a godly man, that will run him away. That will turn you Why? Because he can tell. You see that? That that man can tell when you're just in it for you. It will show up in your marital life. You, you'll, you'll die a single woman. If I'm, I'm talking to you now. You'll die a single woman before God bless you with a husband as long as you've made a God out of self. And this is your warning. You see that? Just learn to get out of self. Ask God to remove that. Now, you know what it's going to take for you to get out of it? You're going to have to ask the Lord to heal you from what it is that have broken you, all of the relationships you've been in that God didn't ordain. That's added to the God of self. Why? Because you were being mistreated in those relationships and you weren't being taken care of emotionally, and now you're going overboard to do it, except now it's a stain in your soul, and it's not God's will. Ask God to heal you, and that will help you, help to bring you out of that, that selfishness that you have. All right. So we want to say thank you all for joining us today. I pray that something has been said that has blessed you and have helped you, and we look forward to coming to you again whenever the Lord says so. And I pray, I sincerely pray, that you will get what God was saying today so that you can grow past it and continue to grow in the Lord. Have a blessed day.